Welcome to the Weekly Boost. My name is Ricardo Bueno, and I'm a 10-year veteran of the real estate industry. And this podcast is dedicated to taking an honest look at the reality of marketing and growing your real estate business. My guess is you want to close more deals, whether it's working with buyers or sellers. But it's not as easy as some people, like bullshit marketers, would have you believe. I spend my day consulting with some of the best agents in the industry, which basically means I have a front row seat to the behind the scenes of world-class marketing campaigns and listing strategies, and I'm here to unveil some of those strategies and tactics with you. Listen in as I share what's good in real estate and the world of marketing. Let's go. Before we jump into today's episode, here's a quick word from our sponsor. I know you're probably sick of hearing that you need a CRM, and trust me, I'm a little sick of telling you that you need one too. The trouble with most CRMs out there is that they're so tough to figure out. They're stuffed with so many bells and whistles that it feels more like a computer science project than a simple way to organize your contacts. And the truth is, CRMs are not supposed to be that complicated. That's why I love Follow-Up Boss. Not only is it easy to set up and get started, it integrates with all of your most important lead sources. You'll get instant access to pre-written drip campaigns and action plans, and features like SmartList help you take the guesswork out of who to call next, and so much more. So whether you're an experienced CRM pro looking for something more powerful, or even if you're just starting out and only have a handful of buyers or sellers to add to your database, Follow-Up Boss is worth taking a look at. To learn more, visit followupboss.com. If you start a free trial, email me and ask me about my custom drip campaigns designed to help you follow up like a boss. Let's jump in. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode. I'm here with Heather Klompmaker from Michigan. Heather, hi. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Doing well. Doing well. So I reached out to you. I'm sure it was a little bit strange when I reached out to you. It was flattering, honestly. I appreciate it. So it's nice to sort of meet you. And, you know, when I reached out to you, I wanted to talk to you because, as I said before, we're in a whole different ballgame at the moment with the pandemic and the way we market our uh, our businesses. I think fundamentally the way we buy and sell real estate has changed or it's forced us to change. One of the things that we've been talking about or I've been talking about with a lot of my agents is this whole, like we're teetering between playing offense, playing defense, playing offense, playing defense. Mm -hmm. And a lot of agents, you know, unfortunately, this whole pandemic has pumped the brakes on their production. And so I think, and we know each other or came across each other through Tom Ferry Network. One of the things that we're talking about, especially, is you need to play offense. You need to go on the offensive to, to, well, to put money on the table. So, so what I wanted to talk about, because I see you doing it, I look at your online presence, your brand, your profile, I see everything that you're doing and you're playing offense. As we kind of jump in, tell us a little bit about what's real estate like in your market. What are some of the challenges that have been presented and, and where are you uh, like headspace? What's your game plan as we're dealing with this and then getting out of this loaded question. (laughs) Yeah, no. Um, so a lot of my, I guess, desire to not put the brakes on things and to really play offense 100% comes from Tom Ferry, Jason Pantana, these amazing marketers mm-hmm. that I know that I trust. And I'm very much, if they say do this, that this is the right way to do it, then I'm like, okay, how do I do that? Right. 
obviously some marketing has shifted. I for I have a farm, about a thousand thousand home farm. And for March and April, I did not send any mailers or anything. I am going to send something this May. It's going to be very light. It's going to be a team picture. You know, we're still here for you. You know, there's a lot changing in the world, but we're still here for you. We're still yep. a community, that kind of thing. But Jason Pantana had sent out this article that talked about how companies who go through different downturns, right? 9-11 yep. was tough on a lot of companies. Any recession we've ever had, anything like that, companies... In hindsight, studies have shown companies that continue to market are mm-hmm. able to then, as they come out of that, take over market share. And we have a very unique opportunity now that people during 9-11 didn't have, during other recessions, even during the 08 recession, didn't really have very much opportunity. And that's social media, right? Because yep. there's all the paid marketing things we can do. There's running PPC, there's postcards, billboards, whatever kind of thing you want to do. But social media can have an amazing reach. And yes, you can put money behind it. You can run ads. But really, the biggest thing is being consistent and growing that brand over time. Yep. And you can do that for free. Yep. So it's almost like you are you really are missing a huge opportunity if you're not. Absolutely. So, and so in our market, I'm in Michigan. I am yep. in Holland, Michigan, which is on the west side of Michigan. We're a lake town. Uh, we're basically exactly across from Detroit. And here in Michigan, real estate, we were one of only three states that were deemed non-essential. So we have not had any in-person activities uh, since March 23. So it's been a while. Today, the day we're recording this, is our first day of reopening (laughs) in-person activities with some restrictions. So so that's been really unique. And I think- That's had to have felt like a lifetime. You know, it did. And I had the same thought that everybody else had in the beginning of, how are we going to do this? Like, we're not Mm -hmm. an area, we're not a military town. We're not a place where people are used to buying homes sight unseen. We do have some people that buy second homes. We are we are on Lake Michigan, but most people want to see their home. It's mostly primary residences. Yeah. The vast majority of that's what our clients are. And so <laughs> it was kind of in the beginning, like, how is this gonna go? And then I had clients still calling. I still have people <laughs> saying, Well, okay, yeah, I'll take out I'll look at a video tour of that property. Oh wow. Um, and then I can imagine that if I wasn't part of, you know, the Tom Ferry ecosystem and uh, whether that's through the actual organization or just even all the connections I have with friends in different right. markets across the country, I can see where a lot of agents, and I see this in my market, have frozen. Even big wow. agents yeah. have frozen. They're not doing anything. And I just took it to heart when they said, keep going. Like, you know, there's always something that you can talk about. Yep. You can share a positive quote. It doesn't even have to be real estate stuff. In fact, yep. sharing a picture of your kids' homeschooling is going to get more eyeballs on it. And then you can, you know, slide well, in there. It, it's you know, real. being a working parent's hard, but, yeah. or whatever. So it's real. It's it, authentic. It's relatable. Out. Yeah, exactly. And so, so I just thought, you know, I should just double down on the marketing I'm doing right now and can't hurt probably will help was kind of my mentality. Yeah. So let's talk about some of the you mentioned that clients were still calling, uh, people still had questions that they opened up to, yeah, sure, I'll do a virtual tour. In real estate, it's, it, it's our job to handle uh, conversations, personalities, and, and a lot of these mm-hmm. things. How has that shifted for you uh, kind of while, you are on, while we are on lockdown? How are you yeah. handling those conversations and how have you had to be more sensitive or more careful um, mm-hmm. as you still work with actual buyers and sellers? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think it comes down to 
being the knowledge broker, keeping people mm-hmm. informed and understanding your market, but also understanding where people are and kind of getting a pulse for how people are feeling. So you watch the news, it's all doom and gloom. <laughs> I come across so many articles that say, you know, housing braces for downturn. And <laughs> then such and such markets are seeing, you know, 30% less activity or 50% less activity. And it's like people see those headlines and they think, oh my word, the sky is falling. The thing that Keeping Current Matters, all these organizations remind us of is mm-hmm. everybody's liking this to 2008. That's where all the consumers' headspace goes. The stock market went down, the housing market's going to crash. But we have to be the ones that share with them actually, here's why this market is different. Or mm. can I share with you our April data? You would think not being able to go into homes in person for the entire month of April, that our home values might go down, days on market would go up, things like that. Compared to 2019 of April, this April, we had an, just in our little market here, home values were up almost 7%, days on market were down 24%. So how is it if it's a bad market, Homes are selling for more money in fewer days, right? Gosh. So when you tell people that, then you can explain to them the actual data. You're not just puffing them up. You're not just BSing them. You're giving them yeah. real data. Actual numbers. Yeah, they can't, then that sets them at ease because they're just going off of what their neighbor said down the street. Or I had a client who called me and said, well, my mom told me that um, we should probably hold off because our governor is saying that uh, any appraisal is going to be docked 10% on the home value. And I'm like, that that's not a thing at all. <laughs> you know, so it's like, there's all this misinformation out there. So we have to be the ones to a control A ton the of misinformation. And we can control the narrative and we can repurpose our content. You can say the same thing in 10 different posts within, you know, over a few weeks span of this is how the market's actually doing. This is how state we're keeping things safe. Yeah. What we're seeing the numbers, just continuing to replay that narrative that sets the true story instead of their worst fears. Yeah, no, that's a super, super important. It's it's know your number, always know your numbers, always have that data, always seek to be just that better or higher level knowledge broker because you're mm-hmm. right. Let's say you have a situation where a buyer uh, wants to submit these lowball offers on a property because they say they read the news headlines and they, they think prices are going to go down. You have to right. be able to back that up by data. Yeah, for sure. I think one of the things, can we talk a little bit about how you did your marketing before? I think one of the posts that I saw was um, one of your posts that was talking about these home buyer seminars. I know we've done them here or some of my agents have done them here in person. And I think virtual is a, is a tremendous opportunity. Are, are you all doing uh, buyer seminars and how is that a part of your strategy now? Yeah. So I started doing those right away. That was one of the ways to pivot. Mm-hmm. And the whole narrative there is how to buy a home in today's unique market. On the seller side, I'm getting ready to start doing sellers, you know, how to sell without showings. We can do showings now, but that's a title that if somebody doesn't want showings, that's going to interest them. They're going to be intrigued by it. And I am likening those types of seminars to open houses. We mm-hmm. can't do open houses anymore, at least for the foreseeable future. So this is a way you can get people who are interested in buying or selling. They might not be ready to go tomorrow or that kind of thing. They're obviously intrigued enough on it to click for more information and that kind of thing. But open houses, those have always been a strong lead source for me. And I do them repeatedly. And it doesn't matter in one sense if zero people show up or if 50 people show up. It's the consistency of doing them. And that's why I'm thinking of the virtual seminars that it's not about how many people show up each time. It's about... Just being able to connect with those who are curious about what it's like to buy or sell right now. 
Yep. It's building a, an interest list, getting people to raise their hand mm-hmm. and then nurturing over the long term. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I knew what I'm going to start doing here going forward because I was trying to do them each week. And the thing that I'm exploring right now are, you know, instead of just using Zoom or that kind of thing, evergreen webinar yep. type things, you know, I get these from Amy Porterfield or people in other <laughs> industries, right? Where it's, you know, sign up for these three time slots and view it now. So yep. I'm looking into doing that too, because that's a way Facebook ads, Google ads, all of those have gone down significantly in price right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yet viewership's up, which you know, is a little bit counterintuitive. And so to me, put something out people can look at all the time and it can work while I'm not working, you know, yep. and that kind of thing. And then you can pop in and check with them. So that's my next little segue here on the virtual you know, yep. seminar aspect. Now, on, on-demand webinars are great. And you're right. We see a lot of this. It's good to get inspiration outside of our industry because there's a lot of good ideas there. Yeah, um, for sure. But, but on-demand webinars, I, I think, are great. I know that whenever I run ads, I've run ads for webinars. Uh, we get registrations anywhere from you know four to six dollars to as high as you know eight to fourteen dollars. But I definitely think that there's an opportunity there. Mm-hmm. And I'm still bullish. I think Jason is too on running Facebook ads and and building yeah. a sort of pipeline of potential future business there. So yeah, one thing Tom, Tom and Jason both say are for right now, normally we talk about in real estate, let's work our leads. We're working our leads. We're calling mm-hmm. our Zillow leads. We're calling, 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 right? But right now that hard sell method doesn't work so much. Maybe still with expired, mm-hmm. maybe for sell by owners where you might be a little more aggressive, but with your average person, you know, they might just be bored at home thinking, uh, <laughs> this bedroom's a little smaller. I'd like to go to your kitchen. And so they're just checking information. So it's really about exactly what you're saying, building the list. And not even viewing them as leads right now. It's a list. It's a list that you can continue to retarget. It's yep. a list where you can... I do a weekly email and that's been something that we've really been working hard on is email marketing because I've heard those stats of you know for every dollar you spend on email marketing, you typically have a $40 return. Mm. So email marketing is something. And so these webinars, all of that, it's not even about them saying, I want to go buy or sell a house. It's about adding 10, 20, 100 people a week to my email list that in five years they might buy. Right. Because yep. I'm looking at it as long term. Right. So let's going to your email and to your database. What's your sort of marketing strategy as they as we sort of start to ease restrictions and get back into the rhythm of actually meeting face to face and belly to belly? There's definitely going to be consumers who are on, on either side. Some people are roaring and ready to go, and others are still going to have reservations. Yeah. I think speaking to where they are, I think that to not talk about safety is a huge mistake. I don't think we want to throw it in people's faces to make them always be thinking about, am I safe? But letting them know, hey, wherever you are in this process, we're there for you. So an example of that is I did a post last night on Instagram and Facebook. uh, And it was also something that already went out in my weekly email last week about these realtor safety kits that we're putting or showing safety kits, showing safety kits we're putting together. And everything I do, I'm an aesthetic snob. So everything I do is pretty and (laughs) kind of goes, you know, I I try to be very consistent on everything, having my look, having my brand. It's on point, by the way. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. So I probably appeal more to women, but I feel like a lot of times it's mama that's making the decision anyway. So <laughs> not being sexist, but you know, I just, it, 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 that's just, it reflects more my personality right. more. And I think your branding has to reflect you and that kind of thing. But so these realtor safety kits, realtor safety kits, or keep saying realtor, showing safety kits. So yep. the post was, here's a sneak peek at our showing safety kits. Here's what they're going to have in them. Showings are, or safety's our top priority. But if you're not comfortable doing in-person showings or in-person 
whether you're a seller or a buyer, we still have all of our same virtual options available yeah. as well. We're going to meet you where you are. Yeah, um, that's, so that's what I was going to say. You're, you're communi- effectively communicating to people and saying, I'm willing to meet you where you are. That's yeah. exactly right. You want to go out? I'm going to provide you, you know, some PPE. If you want to, if you want me to go out and take a video tour and send it to you, and then you only go out if you think you're writing an offer, we're going to make that happen to whatever your comfort is. So that's definitely one part of my strategy. I think continuing to mention, even though we were doing in-person activities again, still pushing the virtual. Hey, we're still going to do as much as we can virtual. Now, if somebody says, I really would rather do my buyer consult or the listing appointment in person, we're going to do that. But most people are going to say, well, yeah, actually virtual works for me because I don't have to go anywhere. Yeah. I don't have to do, you know, my house doesn't have to be, you know, spotless. You're not going to be, you know, <laughs> dust checking my house or something. I can have dishes in the sink, whatever. So I think continuing to push all that, those virtual options, I don't think, I don't think the virtual option is going to go away. I think it's important though, to make sure that people know that they can do both because I don't think we want to go so far on the virtual side of things that they all of a sudden start to think, well, maybe we don't ever need you again, or we don't need to be in person again. <laughs> so I think it's a balance, but I think just talking about what they need and then pushing the community. So we're mm-hmm. trying to do a lot of community posts. Today we did one. Um, I'm kind of into carousels lately. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just sort of into that where it's you know a series of slides. And so it was local Mother's Day gift idea. So it was, you know, you want to buy dinner. Here's two local restaurants that are having specials. You want to buy jewelry. Here's where you should go. You want to oh, get su- you supporting, know, candy. Supporting local. That's great. Yeah, exactly. And connecting with them about the local matters. They know I'm a real estate agent. They can see I have houses or whatever. But if I can push out that realtor con- that community content that's not realtor specific, they're going to share that. They're, the other business owners are going to know about it. And I think it just, it meets people where they are right now. Yeah, no, 100%. What has been your transition? So so going virtual, let's maybe talk tool set if, if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I always hesitate to talk tools because I want people to think about the strategy first. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and then the tools, but what's been your, what's been some of your strategy right now and that yeah. you're going to carry forward as we talk about virtual? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so the very first thing I did goes more towards the, you know, Gary Keller shift book is I looked at what I was using and do I have any duplicates or is anything redundant? So my first thing was to actually cut costs. And now I've mm-hmm. actually added some other tools back in because I actually found better options that work with what we're doing now. That's great. Uh, So you and I are talking on Zoom right now. Zoom has been huge. I always used Zoom before. I did not have a paid account because I wasn't doing as long of meetings and that kind of thing. So I went ahead and got, you know, the $14.99 Zoom package. Of course, you know, website, CRM, that kind of thing. I'm honestly using a lot of the same things that I already used. Canva, InShot for editing videos on my phone, iMovie, you know, just a lot of the basics. There's nothing really, I am looking into evergreen webinar. I don't think Zoom's, Zoom is great at webinars. I don't think that they're great at evergreen webinars. You just want different features there. You want the automated chat, different things like that. So that's a tool that I'm looking into right now. But a lot of the things, I mean, and you don't even have to have Zoom. A high percentage of people have iPhones. You can do Mm, literally a FaceTime consult with somebody. Something like Zoom is great because you want to screen share and that kind of thing. But I wouldn't say there's any, there's a lot of free resources we have available. I mean, yep. social media, use Canva, use you know iMovie on your phone for videos. Boom, you can put out content. Instagram's free. So I don't know if there's any specific questions you had about technology, but I think I'm using a lot of the same things, just maybe in a slightly different way. Yeah. And are you creating a lot of uh, video content 
to sort yes, of like I could always more. do more. <laughs> I need to do more. I'll say that it's the editing that bogs me down, but same here. We're on the same boat. I know it's the editing, but <laughs> Instagram and Facebook stories, I'm super consistent with those. Those are kind of my, your everyday video kind of yep. reach or whatever. And then I try to put out a couple of videos a week. Uh, some of them are more, typically they're more educational or, you know, market data based. This week I tried, I put out a funny video or my, <laughs> what I thought was funny. So I, I don't always do that so much. Um, so I'm trying to be better about that, but yeah, I do consider video to be a pretty strong kind of cornerstone of my business. And I did before I have a weekly series called West Michigan yeah. Wednesdays so with local business leaders. And obviously we can't, I mean, we could do a zoom call and that kind of thing and interview them. But what we decided to do is do, you know, throwbacks to old episodes yeah. and highlight the businesses and how their business has shifted now and things like that. So always do videos with listings, things like that. So I do a lot of video, but I think anybody that does video feels like it's never enough. You should be doing more. <laughs> and that's definitely me. I think, Oh man, I have, you know, 50 billion ideas in my head, but I find it's harder to do video right now. I have two six-year-olds. Um, uh, so I have six-year-old twins. And so we're doing, you know, homeschool. They are in a Spanish immersion <laughs> program. We don't speak Spanish. So now we're home teaching our kids in a language we don't speak. So oh my gosh. It's going really well. Um, and so things like video, it's like, oh, I'd have to actually fix my hair. You know, and that kind of thing. In your home, you don't think of it. So I, I definitely need to double back down on the video, but I try to do a few a week for sure. Yeah. I, it's even for me, I should shoot. I, I hate looking at my own video. I hate post-production on video. So for yeah. me, podcasts and audio is what comes easier and what comes a little yeah. more natural. But if anyone listening is always kind of stuck for content, here's what I always say. There's an end, everything we do in real estate is content. So even if you just look at your, your email inbox and the questions that people are asking in your inbox, yeah. that's yeah. a unique piece of content one day, every day for, from here until forever. Exactly. And they don't, it doesn't have to be anything fancy. I mean, they could literally be holding up your phone yep. and doing right there in the Instagram app uh, for a feed post or whatever. It doesn't have to be, I mean, you're limited to a minute, but it can be short clips. I think, I think a lot of us are used to following some of these agents that put out these amazing productions. <laughs> and so you get stuck on, well, I can't do that big production. I, I or can't whatever, do it as it good as they do. Right. Yeah, it's easy to, if you judge yourself by what somebody else is doing, you're just going to get stuck. You're going to get, you're going to freeze in your tracks. But with that, I mean, Instagram is amazing. I mean, there, I'm one of those people that believe there's nothing new under the sun. Somebody puts out an amazing video. Somebody else probably already did it. They just don't know that they did it. <laughs> so I think, especially in the Tom Ferry ecosystem, everybody's big on following other people, mm. sharing ideas, recreating something that somebody else has done. I mean, there's so many options for figuring out what kind of content to post right. and then figuring out how to make it authentic to you. Right. No, absolutely right. So before we started talking, you mentioned you have a farm of a thousand that you were, that you're sort of marketing to. Uh, I know a lot of people, we, I have an agent who is targeting, you know, a farm of a thousand with twice a month direct mail targeting move down buyers. So we had a list of a thousand homeowners who two story homes lived there for 20 plus years and have over 80% equity. So that was very specific. Are you going to change the way you, your advertising strategy or your marketing strategy to how you approach the farm? And then maybe what does that look like? So that's a really great question. And that's something that I've been kind of thinking of. And that's part of why I paused a little bit there. I kind yeah. of thought, you know, with a farm, they say consistency, right? Like yeah. Basically, you need to be committed to it until you move out of the area or you die. But I felt like in this time frame, stepping back for two months wasn't going to 
make or break anything. Right. I think actually the list that you were just talking about there, I think downsizers are 100% going to be a market to try to hit for a couple of reasons. And a lot of it being now that they've been home, they're going to be home the most. They're going to mm-hmm. realize. So this funny video I did the other day, it was, it's a bad time to sell your home in Holland if, and one of the things was, if you know you're ready to downside, but you just love cleaning bathrooms that you don't <laughs> use, right? So people are going to be home and they're going to be realizing I won't need this space or, or maybe I took a hit on the stock market. So yeah. why don't I sell my $500,000 house and buy a $200,000 condo? And then yeah. boom, I now have $300,000 cash liquid, you know? Right. So I think there's a good opportunity there with that market. My plan is to continue with the same farm I have because I've mm-hmm. already you know, started to get established there. It's a somewhat newer farm. I've been doing it, uh, May will be one year or this month. Yeah. So middle of this month is one year. So I don't feel like I've gotten, it, it's almost like you're still getting started at a year, you know, yeah. like you're still <laughs> just getting to where people are like, Oh, you send me these postcards. Or I, think we, I think we um, always say 12 to 18 months now to get. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and it's funny because I got my first listing maybe two months ago. So, or two months before this all started. So back in, in January. So yeah. You know, it was starting to turn over. But the thing that I'm doing that I'm going to do now is so I have that base farm. I am going to add a layer of downsizers that may or may not fall into that area that's downsizing specifically, because I think you could create honestly an endless amount of postcards to that sort of you know niche or whatever. Yeah. And then the other thing that I'm trying to do more of, which I kind of have gone back and forth, I feel like the classic realtor tale is you become a realtor and then you're like, okay. Everybody says do Facebook ads, <laughs> boost, ad, here we go. Oh my goodness. I've spent $2,000 and I have zero leads, <laughs> right? So that's kind of the, the way it usually goes, yeah, but I've yeah, learned a lot more yeah. and I've used this time in particular to really delve into learning how to create good ads. What's yeah. the follow-up plan like? Because it doesn't matter if you get, you could have 200 leads rolling in a day, but if you, if have no you don't have a follow-up system, plan, yeah. you're just throwing cash away, right? 100%. So those are the kind of things that we've been working on right now is what's our follow-up plan? Let's not start an ad unless we have a follow-up plan to feed them into. And then between Google display ads and Facebook ads, that's what I'm working on getting up and running in Mm. my farm in particular, because I wasn't door knocking before. So I'm going to be honest, but now you really can't door knock (laughs) and you could circle dial and that kind of thing. That obviously takes a certain um, desire to do that or skill set. It's a good thing to do. It's, Honestly, probably not something I'm going to do unless I maybe have serious buyers. I'm just being honest. And you know what? That that's that's okay though. That that level of self awareness. It's okay to have that level of self awareness. Yeah, I'll call expires. I'll call business, but I don't think I'm a circle dialer. Things might change, right? But I think layering in those Google display ads and the social media ads on you know Facebook and Instagram. I think that's going to be key to kind of hitting people in different areas. So so essentially, I'm just going to add to the strategy I have in virtual ways. Right. You have a really good, robust website. So we're getting all of these leads into our ecosystem. One of the things that we talk about with our agents is you ha- you're going to have two camps. You're going to have, what am I trying to get at here? Leads are always a sort of, they have a three to 18 month timeline. Mm-hmm. And so you always have to be sort of like consistently nurturing your database, but you're going to have leads in two camps. There's going to be the leads that are on the sidelines And those are the Mm -hmm. ones that are not doing anything. And no matter what you do, Mm -hmm. leads are going to be ready when they're ready, not when we want them to be ready. And the lack of engagement, a lack of engagement on an email that you send out, lack of engagement on an IDX trip, 
That doesn't mean no, it just means no, not right now. So, so how do you start to kind of filter the ones who are on the sidelines versus the ones that are in the game between now and the next three months? So a big part of that for me is, you know, it all comes down to, and it's the same thing in open house or anything, it's yeah. asking the right questions. So one of my big follow-up things right now is that weekly email. Before yeah. I was a little like, okay, you know, I send an email once a month, twice a yeah. month, always looked different, whatever. Now my email, the content is different each week, but it looks very similar. It's, you know, yeah. it's, it's that thing that's coming to them in their inbox. And I'm putting things like a little bit of a, you know, here's what's going on in the market now, or here's yeah. a thought that I had, which more than likely was a social media post that I already made that week. <laughs> um, and then I'm saying, you know, if, if you're curious about what it's like to you know buy or sell home in today's market, uh, schedule a time to chat here. And, you know, I have a Calendly link in there. Right. So I think just doing some of these different things where you're pointing them back to how they can connect with you if they're curious. I think that I'd like to say that I could get rid of calling altogether. You can't. <laughs> if you have a phone number, it is important to call at some point. But I think just getting that, you know, the weekly email is a big way where I feel like I will nurture them over time, where when they then decide that they're thinking about making a move, or maybe they hear their cousin is going to be making a move, whatever, if they think, oh, she actually puts out interesting data-driven information. And so my weekly email is usually a mix up. We have it kind of broken up into sections. And so... There's one that's a community spotlight. So that could be sharing one of our West Michigan Wednesday videos. It could be sharing about the local food bank did this this week. It, it could be whatever, something about the community. And then I have one section that's at home with Heather and I'm sharing, here's a list of my 10 favorite designers on Instagram to follow. Yeah. Here's how to, you know, a DIY tutorial, something like that. A recipe. Like, yeah. I, you know, I'm one of that was so against the whole recipe thing. Realtors always hand out recipes. <laughs> so I was the anti realtor. I will never do a recipe. <laughs> and I tell you that recipes, my operations manager has started putting out a recipe of the week. It was our highest engaged post every single uh, week. No way. <laughs> and I, I was like, I was uh, like, it's too funny. Uh, okay, send your <laughs> posts. You know, just feeling funny about it. Highest engaging posts. So oh kind of getting gosh. what they want. And then, of course, putting real estate news in there or facts keeping them updated and that kind of thing. So I think just, again, it's, you're showing that you care about the community, that you care about giving them tips that relate to their home life. That's not just, Hey, want to buy a bigger home? You know, that kind of thing. You know, we, we did a um, interview with a home organizer and then we turned some of her key points into a carousel. And then we put that into a blog post. And then that stuff is fun. It's useful. Mm -hmm. It can be entertaining and it's relatable. You might actually print off or save Uh because you're like, these are, you know, tangible things and it relates to home. It relates to real estate, but it's not real estate. So the, the weekly email is key. I'm working on with the face, you know, specifically the Facebook leads and I haven't started it yet, but I'm going to start a PPC campaign through my website. Um, Those will be more, they're going to go on the weekly email, but they're going to get more of the Hey, are you still there? Not literally that, but yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, checking in. Or were you just window shopping, or were you, yeah. you know, that kind of thing? I'll probably word it differently than that because again, I don't like that stuff that sounds <laughs> real trade that they're getting from yeah, everybody yeah. else. But um, checking in on them more aggressively. But for most people, it's it's just one on that list. And a lender I work with told me a story that she closed on a house with a client five years ago, and this lender does a I think it's just a monthly email. It does a monthly email. Mm-hmm. And she said, I've thought about this woman every so often because she's never opened an email, not even just not responded. She's never opened one, never responded to anything 
these lenders do a lot of community events or yeah. client appreciation events. Come get a flat of flowers, come do pictures. Woman's never done anything. So she was like, literally, I felt like this lady had a bad experience, never did a review. And then she just called her out of the blue and said, oh. um, and it's been five years. Hey, you're always sending all those great emails. We're looking at buying a new house. How do I go about getting pre-approved oh, again? Wow. She's never opened a thing. <laughs> But it's just the people seeing that in your inbox. It's just seeing your name and subject line, delete, delete, delete. It's the same thing I do when I get the Apple store sends me emails or yeah. Wayfair sends me an email. If I'm thinking about actually buying something, I might click and open it. But until then, yeah. it's just like, okay, delete, delete, delete. But I always know they're there. Yep. Too funny. It's that uh, consistency, right? And that's all I think it comes down to is consistency. And I think we as realtors are so bad at consistency. We are all squirrel. What's because, the shiny new object? Because we don't um, see the immediate payoff. So we assume um, this isn't working. Let me try something else. Exactly. And we see the, um, we write our business plan. And then it used to be people say you shove it in your drawer. Now you don't even do that. It's just on your computer <laughs> and your download somewhere. You never do anything with it. And right. so keeping all of that in front of you and saying, okay, these are the things I'm committed to for this year. And how can I improve those? My theme for the year, you know how people pick a word at the yeah. beginning of the year or yeah. a phrase. I just did a post on this last week. My thing for the year was that I picked in December was do less better. I heard somebody say that phrase and I thought, do less better. That sounds great, right? Like I don't need to have 50,000 lead sources. I don't need to right. squirrel, jump from activity to activity. <laughs> How about I just do the things I'm already doing and do them better? Make my postcard better. Make my email better. Right. Make my social media better. Make it more consistent, whatever. And little did I know at the beginning of the year, that we were literally going to be forced to <laughs> actually do less physically and that kind of thing. Um, but that's been really a guiding thing for me this year is how can we get better at the things we're already doing, better serve our clients, make their process more seamless so that right. then they want to refer you. Yep. No, I'd say that you're communicating that value and that message well. So it's a great job. Yeah. And Heather, actually, social media is so fun. Marketing is fun. So it's, it's an opportunity to be creative. It's long as, you know, I think where a lot of people get caught up is it's overwhelming. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to post. And I think a lot of that stems from fear. Fear mm -hmm. of, you know, is this going to sound, is this going to sound dumb? Is this going to sound smart? Mm -hmm. And don't get in the trap of comparing yourself to others. Mm -hmm. It's okay yeah. to look up to people, but if you, if you allow yourself to go down the rabbit hole of comparison, then it, that's going to be a bad place to be. It's yeah. And I think follow people who you feel like you like their style and also follow people mm -hmm. that are completely different than you because yep. some of the things that I get the most inspiration from are people who have, even in other businesses or industries and that kind of thing, like, like you know, one guy that I'm following right now, everything is black with these big, like neon colored <laughs> letters for graphics and things like that. And that is so not my style at all, <laughs> but I actually get so much inspiration because I think, oh, the concept behind or the strategy there is good. I yep. just need to make it. You see a lot of people, and I did this for my first year in real estate, where you sign up for these pretty photos, like all, like <laughs> social media packages and all of that. And so I've been down that road and I see a lot of my realtor friends that I know across the country that have that, these subscription things where they're, yep. so, so it's like the first of the month, you know, you're going to see 50 of your friends post literally <laughs> yeah. the exact same post, the exact same caption. And I think that works for a while, but I think people would be better served to take that. Even if they pay for a subscription like that, mm -hmm. okay, cool. That's what they had. How can I make this a little different? and use that as inspiration because if it seems like it's Mar somebody morph it else, into your style, your yeah, voice. If it seems like somebody else made it, it, you know, the whole canned aspect. So I think it's a lot about that is just kind of understanding what your style is and being consistent yeah. and just, just putting something out. I mean, it doesn't even have to be fancy. 
quotes, positive quotes <laughs> perform very well on social media, you know, like yep. seize the day, you're amazing, whatever the quote is, just Google positive quotes. Yep. Do two of those a week and you'll get engagement just off of that. Yep. So one of the gentlemen that I interviewed recently said, I'm going to tell you guys the secret to a career in real estate. And I tell all of the new agents that we hire this. Our job isn't to sell houses. It's to find the person and convince them that we're the right agent to help them buy a house. So what I would do is, you know, put yourself in the hot seat and ask yourself, what is my value? My value isn't I'm the number one agent or I'm the best agent or I have great customer service. Everyone says, everyone says that. Mm-hmm. What is it that makes you uniquely valuable? And then take a look at your, at your social presence and the image that you're conveying out to the world. Mm-hmm. Are you conveying your value properly? And if you're doing that, if you're making yourself relatable, I think that you'll inch yourself closer to finding your audience, building your tribe and that starts mm-hmm. to lead towards towards new business and a and a good career. Yeah, I think so. And I think it's I think there's a lot of different influences out there and it can be easy to get caught up into this coach does it this way, this realtor does mm-hmm. it this way. To thinking there's only one way to do things. But the reality is there are a million different ways to generate leads. There are a million mm-hmm. different ways to do this business. So pick the four to six things that you think you can be consistent with. Mm-hmm. and let the rest go. Like the circle dialing thing is an example and door knocking. Those are two things that so many people have major success with. Mm-hmm. I know I'm not going to do that. I actually sold educational materials door to door one summer in college. <laughs> and it was literally the worst experience of my life, which is why I have no desire to door knock. Some, some people would say you have to do knock. Like that's what makes you right. successful. Like there's a million different ways. So just find the four to six ways that you think you can do it and be consistent. And yep treat the clients you have properly because that's going to be your best way of doing it. You know, people who say, well, I don't want to pay, you know, $300 to get listing photos and video or whatever. Like I'll just use my phone. You're doing a disservice, not to your client. Yes, to your client, but you're doing this disservice to yourself. I always say every single listing is how you market for your next listing, right? Like that's the proof of success, right? So why is a seller going to go with you if you have a crappy looking listing? They right. shouldn't. If they do, I see it all the time and it just kills me. But you know, we have to think about broader than just this one thing or I want to save money on this or whatever. Think, think long, really serve think our clients. Yeah, because when you serve your clients that way, you make their listing look amazing. That's only going to come back on you when other sellers say, wow, yeah. you do a great job. So I think, yeah, we're often very short-sighted about those kind of things. No, incredibly well said. So Heather, one of the things that I uh, like to ask people is I think it's important to continuously be a student of the craft, get better at what you're doing and, and learn. What are some of the, your favorite resources that you lean on to continue to sort of push yourself forward and, and that have shaped um, like some of your best influences, whether it's a book, a podcast? Yeah. Yep. You might yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. I am definitely a knowledge junkie. Yours is now on my list. I started <laughs> listening to it after you called me and I'm like, this is awesome. How did I not hear about this yet? But it's newer. So that's why. But definitely the Tom Ferry organization that has been mm-hmm. huge. I am at the big, I'm just now three years in the business. And so after my first year, I started with TF and that has been a game changer, the ecosystem, the community. I'm in a lot of these Facebook groups, you know, ladies of real estate, mm-hmm. that like, and that kind of thing. So I, I do a lot of just reading through the kinds of questions that people ask in these different Facebook groups mm-hmm. to understand how do I respond to somebody if I get this question or to think, 
Ooh, okay. Yeah, definitely not going to do that. <laughs> That's a really bad idea. And that kind of thing. And then I do listen to a lot of podcasts, definitely less right now. I used to listen mm-hmm. to them when I drive and now I don't yep. go anywhere. So <laughs> I'm having like a, a <laughs> podcast uh, shortage, but you know, there's so many real estate podcasts and I think the broader marketing podcasts too, you know, story brand, yep. Porterfield. there's a lady that's part of the Dave Ramsey organization um, that runs this business boutique for women. And it's Christy Wright. Like there's so many different, there's unending resources. Yep. I think as far as books, I, this year I read Atomic Habits. That was huge. Great book. I know that's one that has worked the realtor circuit, but I think everybody should probably read that. I just got, and I haven't started reading it yet, but I know it's going to be really good. Uh, Fanatical Prospecting. Oh yeah, um, good. Yeah. And then the other book that actually Jason Fantana just recommended to me that I'm finding helpful is it's a book about the Enneagram, which is a personality test. And so I think anything where you can kind of know yourself better, it helps you to know why is it when I get a call from like an email from a client that I think I don't want to deal with that right now. And I wait four hours. Well, it's a personality thing. So what do I need to do to like (laughs) overcome that? You know, so anything's like that, I think are super helpful. And then YouTube videos for everything. I mean, you want to know how to talk to a for sale by owner, watch a bunch of YouTube videos. There's literally <laughs> thousands of people that have recorded themselves making calls that you could just yeah. watch. And so, but I would say if I boiled it out to one, I mean, following Tom Ferry has been huge for me. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Heather, thank you so much. So, so much for imparting some wisdom with us today. I really appreciate you. Well, thank you so much for having me on. This was super fun. And where can we find you online and connect with you? Yes. So on Instagram, it's just my name, Heather Klompmaker. And then on Facebook, it's Heather Klompmaker Realtor. I think I'm the only Heather Klompmaker, so I'll be pretty easy to find <laughs> on platforms. I'm on YouTube. I'm on all the things. But awesome. Instagram's probably my favorite, though. Instagram's where I... All the design I do for, for marketing and things like that, Instagram is the first thing that I think of. And then I figure out how to make it work for the other platforms. Nice. Awesome. Well, yeah. thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Weekly Boost. If you got value out of this episode, do me a favor. Head on over to iTunes to subscribe and leave a review so we can reach more people and change more lives with this content. Oh, and one more thing. Do you want to know how effective your online marketing strategy is? In order to succeed in real estate, you need to learn how to market yourself well. Find out how your marketing strategy stacks up against the competition by visiting ricardobueno.com forward slash audit. Answer a few simple questions and get an instant audio course on how to level up your marketing today. Again, that's ricardobueno.com forward slash A-U-D-I-T. See you next time.